Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now You Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Waco, Texas, my guest is a bass player who has performed at major venues across the United States. Some of his notable performances include opening for Blake Shelton, Kelly Clarkson, The Fray, and The Jonas Brothers, among others. He has engineered, edited, and produced four albums for artists that have been released on iTunes. His credits also include film scoring the South by Southwest first place winning film, He recorded and released a solo CD called The Recycled EP under the name Cosmos Project. You've been hearing one of the songs from that, a song called See You Soon. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show Clark Nolan. How's it going, Bruce? Happy to be here. Great. Thank you, Clark. Good to finally have you on the show. Thanks very much. Yeah. Well, uh, before we get into that whole long list of, of your various endeavors, first, <laughs> first just talk about the song See You Soon that we were just playing, if you would. Yes, so See You Soon is a song that I made for my friend Tim Halperin. It was my senior year of high school, and he, my friend Tim had just gone to Hollywood to be on the TV show American Idol. And oh, so yeah. he was going to be gone for a few weeks, and... Um, we're big Coldplay fans, and uh, that's actually a cover of a Coldplay song. Uh, it's an old song called See You Soon. And I had the idea of recreating that in a Postal Service-esque manner. I'm also a big <laughs> Postal Service fan. And I uh, was going to give it to him as a gift when he got back from American Idol for him to sing on. Mm-hmm. kind of release a fun um, track. And so, anyways, after I'd been working on it for a while, I got used to the sound of my own voice on it, which I tracked as a reference and decided, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to make my own CD for a change. And so that was uh, the first piece of work I did um, on my own. Nice, nice. So even though you're not really a full-time recording artist, just tell the listeners a little bit about that CD I mentioned in the intro that, that See You Soon is from. I, I guess, uh, in the, you know, to put it in the form of a question, I guess why Cosmos Project and, and for that matter, uh, why the Recycled EP? Mm-hmm. So, disclaimer, when I get out there, is I am not a songwriter, not yet at least. And so, the Recycled EP came um, from the idea of recycling songs because I was covering other people's songs and redoing them in my own way. And so, that's where the name Recycled EP came from. And the name Cosmos Project just hit me one day, and I really liked it. And the, the songs kind of have an atmospheric touch to it, so I thought it was a good brand name for the for the group. And so that, that's the Recycled EP. And so I released that on 11-11-11 mm. at 11-11 a.m. <laughs> kind of a, a funny little thing. 
um, that was my, my freshman year of college and I gave it away or actually I made it available for purchase and, and donated all the funds. Wow. To, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was, was I'm, pretty... I'm glad I'm glad you're getting into this because we're we're actually going to be. And excuse me for interrupting you. We're actually going to be giving out a link uh, throughout the show where listeners can download the EP for free. So I was going to ask you what made mm-hmm. you decide to do that, give it away for free, and, instead of trying to squeeze a few bucks out of people to purchase it. So I really like the idea of giving things away, and this was a little bit before Spotify had come, and that was kind of the new normal being able to access music um, for, for cheap or for free. And I really wanted just to give the album away. I wanted you know, to hopefully people connect with it and figured I'd connect with more people if I just gave it away. And then it hit me that this thing could make a little bit of money and you know that those funds could be used in a way that could help other people. And so I decided to make it uh, available for this. Um, actually, it was donation-based um, purchase for like the first two months it was out. And so that way I could use those funds, um, to, for, to help other people, you know, cause money's only good for the good it can do. And so I thought, you know what, I think to make some money, let's help some people with it. That's awesome. Uh, are you at Liberty? Do you, do you care to disclose at all? I guess the beneficiaries of, of the monies <laughs> that were, that were raised, uh, through, through what yeah. you sold. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I used, uh, an organization called From Hunger to Hope and was able to raise enough money to feed over a thousand people. Wow. With the, the album release. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. So that was a pretty fun, fun thing. Now, excuse my ignorance, are they uh, national? Are they maybe based where you are? How did you become familiar with them? I found them online uh, by researching some companies that were doing work to help world hunger and help solve world hunger and discovered them online did some reading about them. It, it seemed pretty legit. And so I just decided, you know, I'm, all the, all the funds are going to these guys. And so, and so it is, is that a, you know, and I don't mean, I don't mean that organization, but that, that charity, um, is, is that mm-hmm. kind of something that holds a special place in your heart for some reason? I mean, some people might say, Oh, I'm going to, uh, raise money for, you know, the American association for the blind or for salvation army or for American heart association. Mm-hmm. What, you know, what I guess drew you to, to them, to their mission. Yeah. So it was around that time that I, I learned a little bit about the condition of world hunger and learned that there are over a billion people every night that, you know, didn't have food that day. Mm. And that, that, that thought kind of blew my mind. And, uh, you know, growing up here in the States, never, you know, experienced that. And so I, I decided to do a little kind of fast myself to experience that. And then once I, I did that and went, um, you know, over a day without food, I went, man, that, you know, this, this, this stinks. And so, yeah, I want to be able to help bring people out of the situation. And so I was able to, and then I made the recycled ET and then thought, okay, let's put these two, two things together. Well, it sounds to me like this is not something that you did because you wanted the credit. But at the same time, I do wonder, and and again, um, you know, because my show is geared in part to Mm -hmm. the up-and-comers who are listening to guests such as yourself to learn how they can grow and what they're doing, I wonder, although, as I started to say, you weren't doing this for the accolades, can you just kind mm-hmm. of take us behind the scenes? I mean, did you actually contact the organization and say, look, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. I mean, was there much involved in it or was it, you know, sorry to let you down, Bruce. It's just, I wrote a check. I sent it in. That's the end of the story. 
So I'll let you down, Bruce. (laughs) (laughs) I did my best, buddy. I tried to build you up here. Oh, I'll tell you, I wore a suit and tie. We had three days of meetings on this thing. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was just a a (laughs) 19-year-old doing the best I could. I I think today I might might have done that, but um, yeah, it it was a pretty simple act. But see, that's interesting what you just said. I think I might do that today. Is it because you're further along in your music career where you realize, and again, it's not to try to benefit from something that's supposed to be a goodwill gesture, but is it more uh, an awareness of the of the PR value type of thing? Is is that what you're hinting at, perhaps? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think you know it, there's opportunity to create more of a win-win situation for both parties through meetings like that. Mm-hmm. And, and were you promoting this in any way shape or form to to let people know that this is where the money was going i did so every facebook post every tweet every email i had for for the recycle ep release mentioned that the the funds were going to to world hunger okay okay awesome awesome and and i'm glad that uh backing up a little bit that you did point out and and listeners those of you once again i will i will just continue to to thank you over and over those that listen on a regular basis and to those regular listeners you probably know that it seems like most of the guests end up being songwriters so clark i'm glad that you said that you're not one as strange as that sounds because i want people to understand <laughs> that that you're actually coming into today's show you're coming at our discussion today from a different perspective so uh listeners Obviously, you're you're attentive. You're so loyal. You're listening every week. I truly appreciate it. But uh, give give Clark uh, a, a different ear today because this is not someone that's going to be talking about a whole catalog of songs that he has written. Uh, and and so okay, Clark. So as we move on here, uh, as as one might guess from from the diverse list of credits that I gave in the intro, we are going to talk about a lot of different projects that you do. But first, mm-hmm. just talk about. Talk about that approach. In, in other words, the networking yeah. to get gigs and, and juggling a handful of different musical projects at once. Okay. So uh, I view myself first as a people person, second as a person, and third as a musician. And so that's kind of what has led and, and driven this approach I've had. To, to music and how, how I've used it and gotten to do the things I do. And so I, I've worked on a handful of different projects. I've played with I think 13 or 14 different artists by now, um, played around 200 shows across the country. And all this has come from me just connecting with people. And so whenever I play gigs, I can't help it, but to just go and meet everybody in the band who we're opening up for or you know, it's opening up for us. I'm just, I'm a super extrovert and I love connecting with people. And so, um, that was something I did unintentionally. Now looking back, I've realized it's driven a lot of the opportunities that I've had a hand in being able to do, or I've been able to do. And so, um, I connected with a lot of people. And then, you know, once I've done that, a lot of gigs started coming my way and it fit into my schedule and it was the kind of music I wanted to play. And there was, positive opportunity there i just was quick to say yes and take it and so that started when i was uh my senior year is when i started the senior of high school is when i started to actually play enough gigs where i didn't have to work anywhere else to support myself i could just play play music and pay my bills and um it just 
is kept on from there. Well, now I, I, there's one thing in in that in that answer that I want to go back to, which is you talked about you make it a point to make sure you meet as many people as possible, whether it's the act that you're opening up mm-hmm. for or vice versa. Uh, we had a, a slightly similar conversation a few weeks ago on episode 61 with uh, Cena Earhart. Um, you know, she talked about playing at festivals and, and, you know, how many of those other acts that you do or do not get to meet. And you're saying something along the same lines here. I do wonder how easy or difficult have you found it to be in trying to meet that many people? Because unfortunately, there are people, I'm sure, that are very standoffish or that disappear the second they get off stage. And you never even Mm -hmm. get the opportunity to draw your own conclusion that, okay, this person is antisocial or, or gee, this person is really wonderful. So just if you would, just kind of take us down that road a little bit, because it, you know, I, I know there are always lessons to be learned here from, again, those up and comers who are listening to your stories about your efforts to meet as many people as you can in this case. Yeah. So now I've played a fair amount of music and then I've also, um, taken kind of more of a, a, professional route in, in business and have attended some conferences and things like that. You know, it's actually how you and I met Bruce is at the, the podcast movement conference. I now view playing shows as just a big networking opportunity, especially if I'm playing with a lot of bands I've never met before. And, um, I, so I approached the, you know, going to a conference or playing a show the same way. Hey, there are a lot of people there and, you know, a lot of people that I could potentially help and connect with. And the more, people I go out and meet and the more people who see me perform, I realized this correlation to the more opportunities I was given. And that was just kind of um, what I saw there. And I think there are people that are, are definitely more standoffish. And for me, I'm not one of those people. And so I haven't had struggles there, but I have my own struggles, you know, because of my personality. Um, but I think, you know, it's a good lesson for people who are more standoffish to kind of get out of their shell a little bit and go, introduce people, uh, introduce yourself to people. And there's just a lot of, a lot of value to that, whether you like it or don't like it. Yeah, that's, that's exactly, you read my mind because I was going to ask you to give a little advice because obviously just because it's musicians, it's just human nature. We can tell in life when there is somebody and, and it's nothing to be taken personally. We can tell when there's someone who just doesn't want to talk to anyone and who finishes Mm -hmm. playing and gets off stage and they practically disappear we can tell that but yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm glad because i did want to ask you to to do exactly that and give a little advice you know to people who might be a little shy or a little bashful and say well i don't know you know if if i should go up and talk to that person or not they're done playing but dot 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 yeah and the thing that keep in mind if you're you know, arguing with yourself in your head on whether or not you'll get to meet this person again or if you should go talk is something i keep in my head is okay, well, if I don't do it now, I might not ever get this opportunity to do it again. And so that kind of, that'll can catapult me into going and talking to someone if, if I am being reluctant. Yeah, exactly. That That's tremendous advice. And it's something that I have found over the years that you can really apply to a lot of different situations, which is something as simple as uh, being in Costco and seeing something that's on sale and saying, well, I'll just get it the next time in here. And Costco, as we know, is known for, if you don't get it that time when you're in there, you're probably not going to find it the next time you walk in the store. And so I'm kind of using an analogy here because as you said, you know, just because you opened up for that band that day, how do you know that you're going to see that band again down the road? Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. go ahead and 
and accomplish whatever it is you want to accomplish while, while still being professional, of course. And, and as, as he mentioned, uh, to Clark's credit, we did strike up a conversation. Listeners, if you remember uh, last year, uh, August, I was in Dallas for the first ever podcast movement and talked about that on one or two shows that followed. I know uh, episode 32 with uh, Srini Rao, for example, he's a guest that I picked up at the at the podcast movement. And, and now same thing with Clark that, you know, that's where we did strike up a conversation. And so to his credit, this outgoingness that, that he has decided is going to benefit him uh, is getting him many places as you're hearing. <laughs> well, thanks, Bruce. I have one thing uh, I'd like to add uh, to, to this question for, sure, for your listeners. Sure. Um, and that's that no one succeeds alone. And that's in music, that's in business, that's in life. Um, it's just a fact that, you know, you're not going to succeed alone and we need each other. And so if you're, if you're going out and you're networking and doing your stuff, there are three things that I've noticed in addition to just going and getting recognized and getting introduced to people that have helped me kind of secure the gigs I've secured that I'd like to share. And I've coached with, I've coached other people on um, that I know in the Texas area, but that the first of these things is to be just a a good hang, if you will, to be the kind of person that somebody would want to work with because, you know, you, you could go and you could meet every person, but if somebody can tell you just have this agenda to try to, just get the gig for the money or whatever it is, mm-hmm, or if you're mm-hmm. not in it, you know, just to care for the person, you know, you're not going to get that gig. You know, nobody's going to hire you to, to work with them. And so first is vehicle hang. The second is to be able to play the parts on the songs and make sure and do your homework before that has given me so much freedom by the time I show up to a gig to play to enjoy it. And it's all also just made me, uh, and it's kind of built credibility for me in that if I'm asked to do a gig and I do my homework and I'm ready to go by the time the show gets there, I just show up, I have a blast and play the songs well. And then somebody will, will refer me to somebody else because of that. And so two is be able to play the parts. And three is be open to change and willing to let someone else's opinion get voiced. And now this doesn't just fit in, in like a contract musician setting, like I'm talking from right now, but this is kind of regardless if you're, if you're a songwriter, if you're in a band, if you're doing contract musician stuff, you need to realize that the way you play your music is just the way you play your music, and it's not right, it's not wrong. We're talking about art here, you know. It's all it's all subjective, and it's so easy because of our human nature to get attached to a part we might write, and get so excited about it, and want to and play it, and then if somebody doesn't like it or somebody else comes up with something different that you don't like, you need to have the ability just to let your idea go. And not all the time, you know, sometimes you need to contribute, especially if you're responsible for contributing things, you need to do that. But um, you really need to kind of swallow, swallow your pride a little bit. And that, that's something that's helped me a lot in just creating positive relationships in band settings. And now, you know, going through those three things that I just mentioned, I want you all to realize that only one of the three had to do with music. And that's just being and doing your homework with it. And that's even part, probably a time management thing. Everything else comes down to who you are as a person and are, are you um, the kind of person that somebody would want to work with. Well, and, you know, I, I love all of that. And, and as, as you're saying it, I, I'm telling myself, I certainly see the numbered list showing up in the show quotes section on, on the show page uh, on the website, because that will certainly get posted. Uh, and, and ironically, I was going to go back to number two also, where you said 
you know, make sure you know the songs when you show up. But 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 in the sense, in the networking sense, because you have obviously Clark mastered the element of, of networking that's available. You've looked at it as that type of opportunity and not just an opportunity to go out and play. And so if you can, for all intents and purposes, put it on cruise control, when it does come time to play, it's, as strange as it sounds, it's almost, okay, the focus here is more on meeting as many new contacts as I can. Yeah. You know, the music will take care of itself because, as you said, I am so well prepared. I did rehearse. And, you know, I, I'm confident in the amount of practice time I put in that when it comes time for me to play these songs, yeah. you know, I'll play them as though they were my own. Totally. And my one goal for every show I have, and I always say this when I show up, you know, if there's an opportunity, is that, hey, I'm here tonight to have fun. That's my goal if I'm playing with somebody, just to have fun. Because you know, who doesn't want to have fun on their plan? And the fact is, I can't have fun if I haven't prepared for the, for the songs and if I haven't done my homework. So, um without the preparation before it just kind of can all fall apart yeah very nice <laughs> for some reason it reminds me of uh of an old co-worker who used to say and after all with the possible exception of the hyena who has more fun than people uh <laughs> but, but i digress uh, I, am, I like that i am bruce warzniak and joining me today on the now hear this entertainment guest line from waco texas well, he calls himself a, a contract guitarist. I'm going to take liberties and say bass player, Clark Nolan. And uh, here you go. The recycled EP that we talked about, which was done under the name Cosmos Project, can be downloaded for free at noisetrade.com slash Cosmos Project. And in case you didn't get that, noisetrade.com slash Cosmos Project, we will put a link to that on the show page for this episode at uh, nhte.net. There is also a Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Cosmos Project Music. Plus, if you want to get in touch with Clark, maybe collaborate with him, he is at jclarknolan at gmail.com. And as you'll see on whatever listening device you're consuming this episode through, his last name is N-O-W-L-I-N. So jclarknolan at gmail.com. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, that's spelled H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free and it makes it very easy to get the show every week. It will download automatically when a new episode comes out so you don't have to go looking for it. If you are a new listener to the show, please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. So we were talking about networking, and I've been touching on the fact that you're multifaceted with your music endeavors. Uh, Mm -hmm. Talk, Clark, about leveraging your music talent to make money in ways other than performing uh, and, and, and without having to travel, mind you. Yes, so this is something that I've been able to do and I've been able to work with a couple of musicians and have some friends that have been able to do the same thing. And it is totally possible, even though it seems like um, a hard thing. And um, the first thing to do that, I think, is you just have to think about your opportunities before you quit being a musician. So I think there's a lot of pressure on artists to... Um, or, I mean, it's, it's hard to make money as an artist, so there's a lot of pressure to pay bills and things like that. And a lot of times that can get in the way of your passion of playing music. And instead of 
being a person that lives with passion and lets that drive their life, it's easy to become driven by fear of, oh, I can't pay the bill, so I'm going to quit playing music, even though it's like my calling, it's my life thing, what I want to do, and I'm going to take this job working at a restaurant. So what I'm going to is what has helped me kind of figure out how to not get a real job while using my music <laughs> talent. And I've also shared a story about a friend of mine who's done the same, um, sure, who's a little sure. older than me. So, so I started a podcast production company called Clarity Podcasting. And the way it works is I produce podcasts for, for different authors and people who do podcasts. And I work in Pro Tools. I'm sure you musicians out there know, know the software. And I'm able to, to get better in Pro Tools. And I learned Pro Tools first because I'm a musician and I, you know, I produce CDs and stuff like that. And so that's one way that I was able to leverage my music talent. And so instead of having to you know, get a, a different job, I was able to just go, you know what? I have Pro Tools. How can I use Pro Tools and use that same talent um, to make money? And it fit perfectly with the music gig because, you know, if I was on tour or if I was traveling a lot, I can work anywhere. I can work from my laptop in the van. I can work from a hotel. I'm not um, dependent on location. And so it is possible um, to find opportunities if you're willing to just kind of step back, take inventory of what you can do, how you can serve the world, and then see if there's a way that you can help people out with that. So with the podcasting gig, it works out perfect for me because I get paid to work in Pro Tools, which is fun. Um, and I don't have to get a real job. So anyway, <laughs> so that's, it's a win-win for me. And uh, one of my friends... Uh, he plays in a band called Green River Ordinance. The, they're an awesome band from Fort Worth. I've had the privilege of playing with them a few times um, on bass. And he is the, the lead guitarist. And they're on tour all the time. They're working on a new record right now. Um, they've been a band for probably like 15 years. They're signed to Capitol Records. And go go ahead and say, say, their, say their name again slower. Green River Ordinance. Okay, check them out, folks. Go ahead, Clark. I'm sorry. Continue, please. Yeah. And so my friend Jamie, who's in that band, is full-time guitarist for them, but in their time off has started a restaurant in his hometown um, in, in Fort Worth called Brood. And so he was just this guitarist, and now he's part restaurant owner with a group of other people that wanted to start the restaurant. And now he's also gotten into uh, doing some real estate development. And he just found things that he could be a part of it did look at his music schedule and, you know, said, said yes to those things. And, um, he's doing, doing really well for himself and he's traveling every week. I mean, they're, they're on tour. Uh, at least their schedule last year was like, they, they fly out Thursday and then they get back home Sunday night and then they're back in their hometown Monday through Thursday. And so he was able to do the restaurant stuff and the real estate stuff those four days of the week and travel, play music. And he was able to kind of have it all. And I think that's something that, a lot of people don't think it's for them, but I promise you it is if you're willing to to work for it and kind of just see what opportunities are there. Well, and I'm glad that you're bringing all this up. You know, we have talked on several episodes about how, and I guess, you know, specifically, and it doesn't really matter, but I know that we've talked with, with guests on several episodes about how most musicians nowadays are not just doing one thing and and as you you know as you just mentioned there there are different things that you could do then i'm thinking all the way back as far as episode 8 
when Dominic Pages was on, and I, I've always hung on to this expression that he used, the new economy that we're living in. And, and his point was, and it's been echoed by many others ever since then on the podcast who've come on and talked about you know, what they're doing as their main focus, but at the same time, some of these other things that they're doing to, uh, you know, I, I'm tempted to use the expression supplement their income. Uh, but, you know, you you just described there, you were talking about a podcast uh, and, and your involvement therewith, if that is a word. And yet, if you go back to the introduction of this show, I rattled off all these different things that you're doing and that you're involved with and how you're a contract guitar player, a bass player, if you will, uh, and nothing in what I said there referred to you having to do with podcasting, and now here you are adding to this list. So, in fact, mm-hmm. you know, as, as Dominic Page has said on Episode 8, as, as other guests have talked about in other episodes, and as you're now testifying to, there are a lot of different ways. You know, people don't have to give up and say, well, I really want to succeed as a guitar player, but I'm not getting enough work. Well, hold on a second. You know, before you quit and, you know, go do the, the, the regular nine to five, you know, Clark Nolan and others are here to say, you know, you just kind of need to take off the blinders a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think music is music and money is money. And, you know, you can do both. Um, you, know, you can play music for money. And, you know, a lot of people have that opportunity. But at the same time, you can do music for music's sake and do something that makes money for money's sake and really not, you know, let those two, um, dra- you know, get in the way of each other, uh, which I think is a really important thing to do because then you're more free to make the art that you really want to make if, you know, you don't have a financial obligation to it. Um, and obviously that's a hard line to, to walk. I'm not trying to <laughs> say that's an easy, easy journey, but I think it is a, a really awesome thing to strive for. Yeah, exactly. And, for some reason, I'm, I'm wrecking my, my brain here as far as episode 38 with J.R. Bird, uh, who is also from Texas, by the way. I, I believe that he talked about you know having his hand in a few different projects. I, I want to say uh, that it was a, um, oh boy, shame on me for not getting this right, but I want to say that he was actually kind of writing like a rock opera because I, I'm a big ELO fan from years gone by, and I remember drawing a comparison uh, to ELO at the time. Um, and then, of course, uh, another one that jumps to mind uh, is good old Sarah Donner an uh, episode 33 that I believe she said that she was uh, involved with uh, writing a musical. So, you know, there's so many different things that, again, listeners, those of you that are, that are musicians, that are performers, you, you don't have to just put all your eggs in one basket and then walk away from it when it's not working out. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, as much as being on time is important, there's actually such a thing as being too early. Notably, in the recording studio environment, remember that there is likely another session booked before you, so it's not real fun when you're sitting in someone's studio or waiting room, in a sense putting a little pressure on the person in the control room. Aim to be a few minutes early, but not 20 or 30 minutes. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. Clark, one other route that you've gone down in the business is coaching people in the area of overcoming self-doubt and, and image problems as an artist. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you, you started to, to allude to this a little bit before, but, but let's kind of dive into that because we all know that those insecurities run rampant and a lot of, a lot of musicians deal with that. Yeah, absolutely. So just to clarify, this isn't something that I've done um, for money. Uh, so I was um, coaching people on this. So want to, want to get that um, clear in case there's any confusion, but this is a huge deal and something that I'm, I'm passionate about and I'm human and I deal with it too when it comes to over, overcoming self-doubt and image problems as an artist. And the number one thing here, especially when we're talking about art, is that we need to be authentic because authenticity is inspiring. And it's a scary thing to do that because there's always the feedback of other people. And the reality is that if you're living your life just for the, the feedback of other people, you know, you're, you're never going to please everyone. And if you are, uh, you're probably not <laughs> doing real good work. You don't have, you know, a big audience because it's inevitable to, to not please everyone. And that's okay. You, you know, you never had to please everyone. And, and so, you know, letting go of that um, perfection that you, you have on that standard you have on yourself and allowing yourself to be authentic, you really kind of create a, a tidal wave of inspiration um, like I, I know whenever I see a, a singer songwriter or, or hear a song and I just is super heart wrenching and one that I connect to and it's real honest and vulnerable. I, I know it, it moves me to that place and you know, I'll connect with that artist at a new level. And then consequently, I'll also probably buy a CD and I'll go see him, you know, so there's also <laughs> potentially yeah. some financial rewards to that, but you know, that's not, not the goal. And I think when, when we're willing to be imperfect and real as musicians that, those just keep giving with our listeners and it can really, really be a powerful thing. And so when, when talking about this, I, I have to think and say the, the quote from Mark Twain, which is dance like no one is watching, sing like no one is listening and love like you've never been hurt and live like it's heaven on earth. And I think as musicians, having that is kind of your mission statement or, or your, your goal, what you're trying to achieve is a, is a powerful one. It, it could be, could be huge for your career. Um, because the fact is that everyone's dealing with the, the pressure of pleasing everyone else. And if you're able to just find, find a place where you can create and not have that standard and not, not worry about what other people think about you, um, you could really, really create something that's, it's powerful and cool. And the, honestly, the world needs because no one else can do your part. Only you can. Okay, but I'm 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 going to try to to weave some of this together here, listeners, uh-huh. because Clark is giving is giving great testimony here. You talked about having to be authentic, and at the beginning you said, "Well, hold on a minute. I want to clarify. You know, this is just something I've done on on the side. I haven't actually, you know, done it uh, as a business application." But then, if you think back to listeners to when Clark was talking about networking and meeting other people, as many people as he can when he's out playing, again, that all gets woven together because if you're going to be authentic and you're going to be genuine and humble as he has been with trying to, and, and now I'm thinking of, well, I, I don't want to give a shameless plug here, but Abbey Ridge Live, the the, the studio show uh, that's akin to uh, Daryl's house and, and kind of an amalgamation of, of that and, um, and house concerts. Uh, it's, it's a web series. Um, but you know, the, the, again, that show in part is to promote collaboration. And so when you talk about meeting people, when you're out playing and being authentic and doing it for all the right reasons, being humble, no, Bruce, I'm not doing this to get paid. I'm just trying to coach some friends. 
you see how mm-hmm. it all fits together and, and, and people will sniff you out from a mile away. If you come to them, I'm, I'm saying this figuratively with your hand out and they can tell the whole time, okay, this person just wants something. They want to, they want me to record them. They want to write with me They you know, let, let that just be, let that happen organically. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm, 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 you know, I'm kind of gravy training what, what Clark is saying here, but, but it's because yeah. I, I agree with it and it's, and it's just fantastic advice. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And yeah, if you're willing to be authentic, you know, like I said, it's, it's inspiring and, and people will come to you. Yeah. So. And, and we all have our bills that we want to pay. I mean, we can't do everything for free, but at the same time, you do have to realize there's a time and a place where you say, you know what, this may not pay off now, but it's going to down the road. I just need to be humble and be genuine and, you know, let, let the chips fall where they may and, and just see where this thing goes. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, and Clark, while we're in an area that's fairly deep here before we get into the lighthearted fun stuff. Um, you have told me about providing music that the world needs or, or that mm-hmm. one, one feels called to make, um, which, which you've said is all you do. So just explain that to the listeners, if you would, please. So for me, going back to who, who I am as a person, which is, I think is important for everyone to do before they look at what part music plays in their life. Um, I, I've got a mission statement that they'll live a big life of adventure that glorifies God, loves others and makes the world a better place. Awesome. And so when it comes to, to my music, um, that's, that's what I want to do with it. It's just an extension of my personal mission in life. And so I think, uh, so looking back at so the, the only CD I've done for myself was, was the recycled EP and, that was one that I felt like the world needed um, in a couple of different ways. One, because the postal service hadn't gotten back together yet. <laughs> and I <laughs> loved that band and thought, okay, we need more music like this. Cause the sound is awesome. And uh, then they got back together like two years later and that was a, that was a happy time. But anyways, uh, so I thought the world needed more music like that. And that's kind of what compelled me to make that CD. And um, also being able to use the funds to help other people was another way of like, you know what, you know, this, this project is, it's helping others. And uh, I hope that it's making the world a better place. And so, um, yeah, I guess, I guess what we're talking about here is just, you know, having, having a mission for your music. And if you don't, if your music doesn't fit into the grand scheme of what you want in life, I don't think you're ever going to be satisfied with it. You know, if you don't have an answer to the question, why do you write, you know, it's, you're never going to be able to write the, the song that's going to satisfy you. You're just going to keep writing and you're not going to know when to stop. And it's, it's good to, to kind of take an evaluation of, are you doing this for yourself? Are you doing it for others? Why are you doing it this way? You know, what do you want from it? And just, um, yeah. So that's kind of, sorry, I'm going all over the place, but no, I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you on all of it. It's, out, it's outstanding advice. And, uh, <laughs> you know, again, it, it, it's rooted in humility. And, and that's really, you know, what you need. Because as you said, if if someone's asking themselves the question, why am I making this music? And the only answer is, is for the cash register to ring, then you're obviously mm-hmm. doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And this kind of goes back to being authentic and what I said there. You're the only person who can play your part no one else can do that for you. And so if um, you're being true to yourself and, and making music that you feel like the world needs, um, or if you just make a music that is authentic, I think that's the music that the world needs because the, the world is filled with music that's inauthentic and done 
um, with, with a specific agenda of money or, or whatever. And it's, it's something inspiring um, to, to do the opposite and to make something out of humility and, and just for the, for the sake of art and connecting and helping other people. Well, and and I'm going to go on in a bit of a limb here, and <laughs> not normally a risk taker on the podcast, but um, you know, although we have just a whole wide variety of genres that have been represented over these sixty plus episodes that have, that we've put out so far, you know, it, it's it's no secret that my favorite uh, was episode eleven with Lindsay McCall, who is a uh, national Christian touring and recording artist. She's she's open for some of the biggest names in Christian music. And, you know, I think if you listen to interviews that I did with someone like Lindsay McCall or uh, even to an extent, uh, Juliana Zobrist, who is a, a Christian artist, she was on episode 22. And then um, the 2014 Dove Awards New Artist of the Year, Ellie Holcomb, uh, which was episode 39. We actually had to split that one into part one and part two because it was so long. You know, those are different episodes to listen to because... They they just wanted to talk all about how all of this is coming from God and that, you know, in other words, they weren't really answering my questions the way that probably the musicians in the audience would have liked. And, and I'm not here, um, you know, to, to, to carry the, the torch for, for Christianity or for religion or whatever, but I'm saying that if you take that sort of approach to your music— uh, and, and as I say, you know, you, 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 as Clark has talked about humility and you're not doing it for the cash register to go off, you know, then, then you're probably coming from a much better place as opposed to I'm doing it because I'm awesome and I want to be the next, you know, insert uh, worldwide superstar here. Yeah. Um, you mentioned a little while ago that you view yourself as a people person, businessman, then musician in, in that order. Mm-hmm. So what if I asked you to put um, these roles in order, though? Um, bass guitar player, mm-hmm. uh, engineer slash producer. Uh, I'll, I'll throw coach in there anyways. Um, and, and, mm-hmm. and maybe there's maybe there's one other that I should be putting in there. What, what, you know, how do you see yourself musically? I mean, like we said, we heard that you're a people person, then a businessman, then a musician, mm-hmm. but just focusing on the music business, kind of what order do you, do you see yourself, uh, you know, of, of those different hats that you do wear? So I'm going to answer this question twice. One in the way of how I see myself and then one in the way that I think others see me. Cause it's kind of important. Cause I think there's a big difference there. <laughs> um, but the way I see myself is first is a music producer. And I, since I started producing music and I, I've done some albums and um, done some mixing work, I, I feel like I've developed kind of a big picture viewpoint for music. And so whenever I'm in band practices, a lot of times I'll kind of take the role as band director, if you will. And I, I kind of see the big picture of the music and then just decide to play my part in it instead of just being a bass player, just being a guitar player. Because I, I sing, um, I can do lead vocals, background vocals, banjo, lap steel, acoustic guitar, electric guitar, mm. bass. And so, I mean, a, a whole host of different things that I've done for different bands. And so, because of that, I've, I, I view myself as a producer first. And I think most people see me as a, a bass player, and that's what I've gotten the majority of my work doing is, is filling in on bass for um, different bands. Um, so, yeah, I've... I see myself producer. I think everyone else kind of sees me as a bass player, and mm-hmm. the reality is I'm both. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, I'm 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 glad that you 
kind of took the you know the the two different approaches there because that, that that's exactly the case you know I, I i had a similar discussion on episode 41 with with cj watson who's a a songwriter in nashville he's written about 7000 songs uh but oh you know gosh. phenomenal guitar player uh he do, he does go out and play um at, at the time of of that interview he he was uh in a, in a trio that unfortunately was just about to disband but i asked him that you know what? What do you consider yourself as in in what order? And and you know he kind of came back around like you did and said, you know, but but if you asked kind of you know other people what they think of when they hear my name and and I I drew the comparison to you know my all time favorite band is Rush and I say well when you talk about Getty Lee, do you talk about the lead singer for Rush? Do you talk about him as the bass player or do you talk about him as the keyboard player? Uh, and you know, so this is you know, this these are always interesting discussions to have because, in fact, most times that person sees themselves in a different order uh, than you know than say um, you know Joe Music fan does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am Bruce Warzniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Waco, Texas, is. <laughs> Never mind bass player. I'm going to change my script and say multi-instrumentalist Clark <laughs> Nolan after that, after that impressive list that, that you just rattled off. Uh, and uh, as we mentioned before, the recycled EP that we talked about, which was done under the name Cosmos Project, you can download it for free, listeners. Go to noisetrade.com slash cosmosproject noisetrade.com slash Cosmos Project. And I'm going to make sure that we have a link to that on the show page for this episode at www.nhte.net. There is also a Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Cosmos Project Music. Plus, as I said before, if you want to get in touch with Clark, maybe collaborate with him, he is at jclarknolan at gmail.com. And again, his last name is N-O-W-L-I-N. It's on your listening device. Uh, just check out the title of this uh, podcast episode, jclarknolan at gmail.com. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, spelled H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Subscribing is free, and it makes it very easy and convenient to get the show every week. It will download automatically every time a new episode comes out so you don't have to go looking for it. If you're a new listener to the show, thank you, and please do check out some of the prior episodes of Now Hear This Entertainment. We've had a lot of great guests along the way so far. You've heard me mention some of them during this interview. Go ahead and use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. Uh, Let's get into some of the more lighthearted things now, Clark. I mentioned in the intro... (laughs) that you have played in some major venues throughout the U.S. Listeners, check check out this list. Clark has played at AT&T Stadium in San Antonio, uh, six times at the House of Blues in Dallas. He's played at the Verizon Theater in Dallas, the grand opening of the Hard Rock Cafe in San Antonio. He has played four times at South by Southwest. He's played at the Creation Fest Music Festival in Pennsylvania. Uh, and... Here we go. Here comes the curveball. In all this, listeners, what I haven't told you throughout this whole show yet is that all these highlights of Clark's that I've been referring to throughout the show were all done while being a full-time college student. 
So Clark, I want to say, uh, well, I want to say how awesome, how cool. <laughs> um, I want to say, how did you pull all that off? But, but gosh, I think first would be to ask where in the world have you found the time for all this, you know, meaning school, <laughs> school too. So it sounds pretty crazy looking at a big bird's eye view like that. And so we're talking about a four year span of time here. And, um, the reality is it actually has been pretty crazy. <laughs> but, um, it sounds crazy I, because it's been crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I I found that I could still do a lot of music while being a full-time student because the majority of work I'd find in music and the gigs I'd have were on the weekends, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, you know, mainly Friday and Saturday night. And living in Waco, Texas, which on the surface is not the most appealing place to live, I found that I can make it to Austin and back, and um, I can go to Austin an hour and a half, be back that night. I can go to Dallas in an hour and a half, I can go to Fort Worth an hour and a half, I can be in Houston in two and a half hours. And it's given me a lot of freedom to be pretty mobile and be in different cities, um, you know, quite often. So my sophomore year was when I, I did the, the most work. Um, music wise. And I was gone every single weekend, each semester, except for one weekend. So uh, like I said, you got a 17 week semester or whatever. And I was gone 16 of the 17 wow. weeks on tour wow. with a different band doing, doing wow. something. So that was, that was pretty crazy. Um, it, it sounds amazing because we're just talking about the music side of it. And let me tell you, the grade side of it wasn't so hot <laughs> during, during that, that period of time. But I, I managed to pass everything, and I'm uh, I'm graduating here next month. Um, I'm a student at Baylor University. For anyone curious, and um, yeah, so I've studied uh, finance and entrepreneurship here at Baylor. It's been a been a fun ride, and the, the scheduling I've had to, to do on my own time has been very interesting because if I had accounting homework to do on a Saturday or, you know, on a Monday or wherever, and I was going to be playing out of town Friday and Saturday night, then I would have to get that work done on like Thursday morning. And it seems crazy to be doing work on Thursday morning. It's still a Monday. Um, at least sounds crazy to me. I'm not prone to do that, <laughs> but I had to learn how to, how to do that and how to really, get ahead and manage my time accordingly. And sometimes it was not cool. Uh, there were many nights that I, I'd be in town that Friday and I was leaving that Saturday to go tour. And I would be at the library until it closed like 1am on a Friday, you know? Mm, <laughs> so wow. um, it definitely, definitely wasn't uh, very luxurious, but somehow uh, I, I was able to, to manage it. And so um, it, it wasn't a, an easy, easy path to take, but, um, it wasn't too too hard just because school Monday through Friday didn't really conflict with music on the weekends too often. Well, I mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show that you've played in slots opening for some of the biggest names in the business. Uh, Blake Shelton, Kelly Clarkson, The Fray, The Jonas Brothers are the ones that I mentioned, but but there's uh, more on the list. But, but in fact, yeah. uh, currently the majority of your work is in performing – uh, bass guitar for for bands and artists from the Dallas Fort Worth area, and and, and actually <laughs> another recognizable name. One of your clients is Jason Castro, who uh, became known via American Idol. Yes, Jason Castro. He's a good guy. So I, he called me 
last summer, or his music director called me, a friend of mine, and um, they needed a, a bass player for a, a gig he was doing in San Antonio. And so, you know, I, I said, you know, hey, hold on one second, check my schedule as I'm like dancing. <laughs> so excited to get that opportunity and got back with them. Yeah, I think I can make that work. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I played, I think I played like four, four or five shows with him since then. He hasn't been playing as much music lately. Um, he's kind of taking a little little break from, from the extensive touring because ever, ever since he was on Idol, he was just kind of on the road constantly for six or seven years. And so I've been playing with them kind of during his downtime, if you will. Um, but yeah, I, I've been played with him a few times and he is just as cool of a guy in person as you'd assume he was from watching the TV show. <laughs> okay, but to <laughs> clarify super, super that, nice. To clarify, he's obviously from the area. This wasn't a case of where he was coming on tour through Texas and you were contacted and just played these shows and the tour moved on, correct? Correct. Okay. Uh, Well, you know, you've even done a handful of TV appearances uh, as as well as on the radio. There's even a national radio show with over 2 million listeners each morning that you've played on five times. So I'm, I'm wondering, and, and I'm going to say, well, I'll, I'll say, are, are all these media, Clark, and, and are all these clients, are all these people finding you or or are you finding them? Or, or I guess, to put it in the way that I phrased it to Lila Burzens, my guest on episode 60, what percentage, Clark, would you say is them coming to you versus the percentage of you finding them? 100% they come to me. Wow. But I think that's a byproduct of me first going to them and kind of planting those seeds. So I, I'm not doing kind of outbound prospecting and calling mm-hmm. people asking, hey, do you, do you need a bass player ever? You know, I'm here for that. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't haven't done any of that work. I've done all of my work and on the front end of just getting to know people and establishing a, a relationship. And then whenever the time comes where they need a bass player, I'm just the first choice, I guess. So. Um, but that's yeah, it's been a hundred percent kind of word of mouth referrals and just you know building a relationship with, with people. And uh, I want to go back to something I said earlier mm-hmm. that no one succeeds alone. So I've done some pretty cool things. I think um, at, by age twenty two, but it definitely wasn't just me. I mean, the, all the TV performances um, were with my my friend Tim Halperin, or most of them, and you know he was um, the guy I, I did see you soon for. Um, back when he was on American Idol, and he's uh, he's the one who got a lot of the TV appearances, and so I was just so fortunate to be a part of the journey with him. And um, that's just, I, I guess, a, a lesson that I want the l- listeners to have uh, that I've learned and I keep learning is that just the fact that no one succeeds alone. Well, but you know, everything I'm hearing from you throughout the show today is that you're grateful for everything that you have and that there's no regrets. It's not, you know, I mentioned, Bruce, that I'm not a songwriter, but uh, there's a lot of days when I wish I was, you know, or it doesn't sound to me like you wish that you were the front man of of the Clark Nolan band or or whatever, (laughs) you know, fictitious name you might create. Uh, I'm I'm correct on all that, I assume? Yes, you are. And uh, when I said making music, um, you kind of feel like, the world needs or that you need to create that's kind of been my story and where I found myself in the, the grand scheme of music, if you will. Um, I, I'm not a singer songwriter at least yet. And whenever I, I get inspired, I'm not inspired to write poetry or to, to write lyrics, but I, I think more in guitar parts and drum beats. 
Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of more musically inclined than lyrically. And so instead of stressing out about, oh man, well, you know, if I don't write a song, I'm not legit. I've kind of let that go and realized that's dumb. You know, that that's letting the world's view of what I should be impact who I am. And I've just kind of embraced my, my role in music as a multi-instrumentalist, somebody who can contribute and help people perform their songs. And by embracing that and saying no to all the other possible music paths I could have taken, I've found a lot more success. Outstanding. I love it all. Uh, We are going to close today with another song from the Recycled EP that we've talked about that Clark did under the name Cosmos Project. It's going to be a song called I'll Be Your Breeze. So Clark, before we let you go, just tell the listeners about this song here. Awesome. So this song is the the opening song of the Recycled EP. And I had my friend Sarah Abacare sing uh, backup vocals on it. And yeah, (laughs) that's their... Andrew Bell, um, he's a singer-songwriter in Nashville. was the, the first person to sing this song. He wrote it. And I, I heard it one uh, during that season. I was recording the Recycled EP. I heard his version of it and immediately went, okay, no, that, that's the song I'm looking for. That's the next song I want to cover. And it all just kind of fell together. And so I, I created this rendition of it. It's a lot different than, than his. And anyways, that's, uh, that's the Recycled EP. So check out Andrew Bell's music if you're not familiar with him. Um, he's an amazing singer-songwriter out of Nashville. Is and he somebody that you knew, or is he just you just heard this song somehow? I just heard the song somehow. But did so, you contact him and say, you know, I want to cover this, I want to repurpose it, as they say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I contacted him and then all the other bands that I ended up covering on the CD to get permission from their management, and then I had to pay royalties to make it happen and to make it legal, so... Awesome. Awesome. Well, Clark, thanks ever so much. Really enjoyed it. And uh, just tremendous insights. You know, you you learn something new every day. And I think that we all, uh, (laughs) we've all learned about a half dozen things today. So um, thank you so much. (laughs) Just, just really, really great insights. Bruce, I really appreciate it. This has been a ton of fun. And to your listeners, uh, please connect with me if you really enjoyed this interview. I'd love to hear your feedback or if you learned something or have any questions for me, just feel free to shoot me an email jclarknowlin, N-O-W-L-I-N, at gmail.com. And I'd love to to speak with you. Fantastic. Well, I will close by formally thanking my guest. Today we heard from, I'm going to say, multi-instrumentalists again, uh, Clark Nowlin. As I've mentioned, the recycled EP that he did under the name Cosmos Project is available for free download at noisetrade.com slash cosmosproject. Plus, check out facebook.com slash cosmosprojectmusic. Also, as he just mentioned, and as we've given out already a couple times before, if you are interested in contacting Clark, including for collaborative reasons, his email address is jclarknellan at gmail.com. Proper spelling of his last name. Just look at your listening device for the title of this episode. And feel free to mention to him that you heard his interview and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there. Simply put in your email address and you're on your way. That's it. Just one field to complete. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it, family, neighbors, relatives, 
give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, too, hopefully accompanied by a five-star rating. That really does help the show a lot. I say that every week and really enjoy seeing the comments that come in and the five-star ratings. If you are listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share episodes there, and you can also follow on SoundCloud, which is just like subscribing. Let's get your feedback on the show, too. Post your comments or questions on the Now Hear This Facebook page. There are links to it and Twitter, and even the Now Hear This official YouTube channel on nowhearthis.biz, or send us an email The email address is on the contact page of nowhearthis.biz. We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Clark Nolan's Cosmos Project Recycled EP. This is the one he just talked about. It's called I'll Be Your Breeze.
they can do it, baby, so can we Just remember I'll be your breeze